everyone who is tuning into our Ascenta Insights podcast. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, I'm your host, Chika Akeke, Head of Diversity, Equity and Inclusion at Ascenta Partners, a contemporary executive search firm headquartered in London. This season is all about the power of diverse teams. And throughout this year, we will be speaking to business leaders who have experienced DEI at its best and have thought-provoking insights to share about their experiences surrounding this. For today's episode, we are reflecting on Women's History Month, which took place during the month of March. At the center, we ran both an internal and an external campaign where we celebrated the achievements of women, not only in the past and the present, but highlighted the opportunities that exist for women in the future. We ran a webinar at the end of March entitled The Opportunity of the Female C-Suite. When we consistently hear all the challenges that exist and all the work that still needs to be done to ensure gender parity, we can feel disheartened because progress can be slow. So we wanted to discuss how we can translate some of these challenges into opportunities. So that's exactly what we did. We were joined by six outstanding and inspiring female business leaders who touched upon both their professional and personal lived experiences across a range of topics. We've taken some of the best bits to share with you and hopefully inspire you as well. Benaz Garamani is the current Chief Executive Officer of Brother Velez, a Black-owned female-led luxury lifestyle and accessories brand. In the next clip, Benaz talks about her entry point into the C-suite, which took place at the stage in her life where most wouldn't consider stepping into the C-suite. But when the situation presented itself, Benaz saw it as an opportunity, not only for herself, but other women as well. Listen and see. I entered into the C-suite um, thanks to Asenta Partners and, and Nanda um, at a critical stage in my life, actually, I became the chief marketing officer at Stuart Weitzman, and I was nine months pregnant at the time. And um, at when that was happening, I, I remember thinking, oh, my God, I'm becoming a chief marketing officer and a chief mama officer at the same time. Am I going to be able to do this? And were there enough examples around me to kind of support me in terms of how to um, manage that sort of change and shift in in my life at the same time, and I do feel like first of all the fact that a major corporation did give me that opportunity during the fact that I was about to embark on being a new mother already signaled to me that there was a shift um, in the marketplace, um, both for partners like Ascenta to you know, push me forward to keep advocating for me as a candidate based on my skill set, and then also for the company to to take that chance on me um, and to kind of create that environment. Um, and I do think a lot of what you're saying, Annette, is is very powerful because it signaled a lot to other 
women um, in the organization um, in terms of the commitment they were making towards that and what that meant. And I had so many people, even people who were reporting to me that were coming to me and saying, this, this means so much. Um, and as a result, I led differently and I created more opportunities for people and actually hired more working moms as a result of that too, because I think there was a deeper um, compassion for that. I'm sure those of you listening to this now are just as inspired as we were when we heard it live. This shift in attitudes found within progressive organizations has the power to unleash a considerable amount of female talent that would have otherwise self-selected themselves out of opportunities. Next, we're going to hear from Karen Bird, Chief Operating Officer and Acting Chief Executive at McColls. Karen joined McColls after a 25-year career at Tesco. She didn't get the warmest welcome when she arrived, but in this next clip, you will hear how Karen proved her skeptics wrong and inspired us along the way. Um, I left Tesco, like I said, after a very long time. I started at McColls and I was actually told women don't last in this business. They don't, they don't stay. Um, and by some people that really were pleased that I was there because I was probably the first role model that had at an operating board level um, as a female leader. Um, they actually said to me, you just won't last. You know, people, that, people that come here that are female that want to get on don't stay. And um, I'm, I'm sort of smiling because ironically this morning, um, I don't know if any of you have seen the press today, but I, I have been asked to step in um, for the chief executive role because Jonathan Miller has um, left the business after 30 years here. And I was just reflecting with someone this morning who's kind of been with me since I've been here. Um, another really brilliant uh, female leader who I'm sort of coaching and, and spending some time with. And I just said to her, you can just see that anything's possible because to be told when you start in a business, you're different and you stand out because you're female, you won't get on because you're female. And then to be literally, well, for the short term anyway, actually running the business is just um, just not, not necessarily an achievement for me. Of course, I'm proud of myself for that, but, but more just uh, hopefully as an inspiration to other people who are told they're not going to get on because of their their uh, their, um, their gender, which is obviously not where any of us on this call want to be. We can just hear Karen's determination in her voice, right? I can imagine it wouldn't have been an easy thing to hear someone say that women don't last. But the only way to change that perception is to prove them wrong. Why? Because representation matters. And that's exactly what Karen did. No doubt Karen will continue to break barriers and inspire others to believe they can do the same in her current role as acting chief executive. Next, we hear some hard truths from Celia Pronto, current managing director of Love Home Swap. I think it's important to aim high and it's important to believe in your success, but it's also important to think about the practical steps you need to take to realize them. I'll let you hear how beautifully Celia articulated it for yourself. I, I do think that although the doors are far more open than they have ever been, unfortunately, some things haven't changed. And I do think it's important for us to recognize that if you are a woman with your sights set on the C-suite, you are going to have to be more prepared for meetings. You are going to have to be more on top of the facts 
you are going to have to be more on top of the numbers. And unfortunately, you are going to be more open to scrutiny than male counterparts. Um, and the, the recently departed Madeleine Albright uh, once said, um, I have said this many times, that there seems to be enough room in the world for mediocre men, but not for mediocre women. And we really have to work very, very hard. And I think that is still true today. Some really poignant words at the end there that hit home for many of us, I'm sure. In the next clip, we will hear from Annette Birgnat, Chief Human Resources Officer at Diversity, on the importance of getting hybrid working right and how it can impact women. The organization that I work in now is, I think half sits in the US and half sits in Europe and a small part rest of the world. But but where, you, where parental leave is actually quite prevalent and well accepted. Uh, but what you see is the bias in way people look at this hybrid working, working from home, working, uh, coming back to the office. I noticed that people who are dying to go back to the office because they feel very lonely at home, they read articles, research that proves their point that it's important for people's well-being and for people's career to go back to work. And, and people who are thriving with the flexibility to work from home, they have all the uh, arguments why everybody should be able to work from home. And, and, and I've never, I've even saw biases with myself. I'm one of those people who loves working from home. And I, in the beginning, only saw the advantages of that. Well, actually, you know, when you're young in your career, coming to the office and seeing your role models, especially as a young female, seeing female role models is really important. And you might not come across them in the Zoom meetings if you're not invited to those meetings. So I think it's it's about moving a culture towards you trust people, you empower them to make the choices uh, for them and their teams on how can I be at the best and how can I be as productive as possible rather than a culture that is around visibility and checking and control and attendance. And, and that gives very different conversations and also enables women to have a completely different conversation versus do you want to work from home because of the home situation? But, you know, I want to work from home because when I work from home, I can do all these things. And it's a productivity conversation rather than I'm a woman or I'm a terke because it's exactly the same for a single father. Yeah, and uh, so we need to move this towards what's the best way to be productive. To Annette's point, I think this is the next big challenge for many organizations. What are some of the dangers of getting it wrong? Kerry Linshaw, Chief People Officer at The Shade Store, breaks it down for us in the next clip. I think one thing we have to be really thoughtful and careful of is that face time also can equal promotion. And I think as leaders, we need to be extremely careful that we are not, um, if we're saying with the hybrid environment, we're saying we want you to make the choices that make sense for you. Perhaps we need to meet, meet as a team every Wednesday. But if I'm a leader and I'm in the office every Friday and people on my team know that and have access to me face to face, um, we could run into some challenges. I think we need to set really good examples as leaders that we have equal face time for people if you know, if you're in the office more often than not, because we don't want to fall backwards and, um, you know, 
lose the momentum that we have in terms of women being promoted. I'm sure we will keep discussing this topic in the months and possibly even years to come. Switching gears slightly, we are now going to hear from Stephanie Davis Mitchellman, board advisor at Trinity Health and former VP of Bobby Brown Cosmetics. Stephanie shares some thought-provoking advice she received from her father and what she decided to do with that advice. I share the story of my father, who had the best of intentions, telling me that when I walked into a room, and I was always in a corporate, typically in a corporate environment, he said, walk in like you are the best looking, richest, smartest white man. (laughs) And his point was, that's going to be the most confident person in the room. So why wouldn't you want to level up to the most confident person in the room? Okay. Um, And so that's how I thought I had to walk into a room. And so I probably walked into a room a lot less humble than I actually am, a lot lot more boisterous than than I actually am because you're wearing someone else's persona, which is really hard work. Like I'm already doing a really hard job. And so now I have to fake it till I make it. Um, And so (laughs) when I realized that that persona, A, wasn't me and B, was way too much work and, and taking energy away from who I was as an individual and the experience that I had, I said, oh my gosh, I got to put this away. Like I am a, an incredibly proud black woman and that just needs to show up. And if I happen to be with people or a company that don't respect that, I'm in the wrong place. I can choose to make changes or I can choose to leave. And whether you are a fight or flight type of person, that's completely up to you. And you need to figure out your specific situation and and what you need. Um, I'm a fighter. (laughs) So um, I, I realized that people wanted to hear my voice. Like they wanted to hear what I thought they were, they were questioning. And it's not that I didn't, uh, you know, face some adversity. I definitely did. Um, But I believe in persevering and I believe that I am well worth the trip, believe me. And you just have to be comfortable in that and, and not let the fear just stop you. As Stephanie explained, Being your true, authentic self in the workplace creates opportunities for women to thrive. And in fact, this was a key theme reiterated by all panelists throughout the webinar. Unfortunately, we're coming to the end of our podcast today. If you were inspired by these sound bites and would like to listen to the entire discussion, please click the link below to watch the full webinar. We've come to the end of our session. Thank you again to our panelists for sharing their insights, those that attended our Women's History Month event, and thank you to everyone who joined us today. In our next podcast, we will be talking to Jatin Patel, Head of Diversity and Inclusion at England Rugby, for some of his thoughts on diversity in sport and the importance of social mobility. Please join us by continuing to tune in as we share fresh perspectives and valuable insights on the power of diverse teams. Until next time.